You're listening to All Things Video, the podcast dedicated to uncovering the past and charting the future of the online video ecosystem. You're listening to All Things Video. I'm your host, James Creech, and today's guest is Evan Britton, founder of Famous Birthdays. Evan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited we get to do this. We are uh, both on opposite ends of LA. Uh, normally, I'd say, hey, we should hang out and, you know, do this in person. But, you know, we're still uh, waiting on the last few weeks of COVID until everyone's vaccinated up. But it's nice to see you. And we've known each other for a few years. But I guess this is actually kind of our first chance to chat in depth. So I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Evan. So let's, you know, let's start off by zooming way out uh, into your background and, and start off by talking a little bit about how you got your start in media and entertainment. Um, I've always been interested in uh, UX and building websites. I even launched a website back in college. So I've always been trying to grow an audience and add value on the web. Um, so, you know, in early 2010, 2011, I had a few websites, but nothing was really growing. So I wanted to just pick one website to focus on. Um, you know, I didn't have the vision for famous birthdays materialized since I focused on it but uh you know but I've always been interested in it and uh excited to work on web-based projects very cool yeah it seems like your fascination with the web came early on right in uh, early 2003 you launched your first venture site launcher I was curious you know what inspired you to start that business um that was basically just a way um to help domain owners make money off their domain names I wasn't really building like I did with famous birthdays that was more of you know people own these domain names and I helped them to uh to monetize them you know it was fun early early days to you know right when the internet launched I remember back in the late 90s like it was pretty cool how anybody could register any domain name you know it was available so um so I didn't register any real good ones but I helped some of those people Kind of make money off of their domain so very cool and had you always considered yourself an entrepreneur yes um i think i've always been doing entrepreneurial projects i think i think the internet since it was just launching when i was graduating college you know nobody had nobody could have more it's kind of like when you're younger just people have more experience than you but with the internet, that wasn't the case because it was just starting, which I found fascinating. So I think, you know, I, I think that applying, like being excited, learning a lot about the internet right early on uh, kind of drove me towards entrepreneurship because it was so new. Yeah, makes sense. Kind of levels the playing field because here's this huge shift in the way that we can create and, and transact business. And all of a sudden, you know, you have as much experience as people who've been in business for years. That's yeah, cool. I think some people like, it's a new thing, but now with the crypto, which is another way the web is growing, I think, you know, a lot of institutions are coming in now. There's been reports, but I think a lot of the early adopters, you know, I think it's, they probably felt excited to learn about something new that nobody else could have known. And that was kind of how the internet was right when I was getting out of college. It was, it was, it was a whole new landscape. Um, you know, I remember how like I put up a webpage at college and I was traveling in Mexico. And I remember I pulled up the webpage I put up in college on like the computer from the hotel in Mexico. And I remember how fascinating that was that I was in Mexico and I pulled up a computer that had the 
one page that I published at my college and that it was, or that's how early it was. Yeah. And those types of platform shifts have become even more and more, uh, uh, fast paced, right? We're, we're seeing an acceleration at which we experience those. So we had web 1.0, you have social mobile online video right now. We've got the metaverse crypto and decentralized finance, as you mentioned, right? There's all these changes kind of happening so quickly that are changing the way that we, we interact and produce content and share that information online. Yeah. And I think it's an opportunity to learn. I think, look, I got into the internet, then it burst, you know, like, 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 you know, like in early 2000s, but, you know, I stayed with it because I was passionate about it and it came back. And I think that, um, you know, it's a long, it's not a quick, it's not a quick thing. Like if you really want to become an expert in a niche, you got to stick with it and put in the time and write out what happens. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, what happened. Definitely. And uh, what was the hardest part for you with Site Launcher as a first time founder? Um, just, you know, I think with working by myself, like, you know, one thing about entrepreneurship that doesn't get as much, uh, especially when you bootstrap is by myself, I was doing it on my own, you know, like I was living in a studio, working by myself at home, not around anybody, everything was on the phone or on email. So just kind of not being part of a community culture, uh, teammates scenario was hard. Um, and again, I think that you know, I've, I've in, like, I've enjoyed building a platform, which has been a lot of fun to grow an audience. There, I was kind of just help. I was more of a consultant that was helping match, you know. So, um, so I think that was also not. I was as it was fun to be a founder, but I, I really enjoyed building a platform and building a direct audience. Yeah. So tell us more about that. What was the original origin story behind uh, Famous Birthdays? I felt in that mobile was coming. And when I went and I felt that like the IMDb Wikipedia websites weren't built for mobile. So when you're not built for a platform, you're not, that's not going to be how it's initially optimized for. So I'm not as interested, I was interested in celebrity culture. I'm more interested in like sports, but I was, I knew that when you looked up a celebrity or athlete or musician on an actor on IMDb or Wikipedia on a phone. It just wasn't, it was too much info. So my initial plan was famous birthdays would be a fun, fun site just for people to quickly learn the concise facts about traditional celebrities, the ones I thought, you know, I, I thought were popular. So that was really the vision. Just let's build a fun mobile experience around learning about and discovering celebrities. And of course, I think the biggest change that we've all seen is that, you know, it's become much more popular for online influencers, creators, right? These new, uh, these new class of celebrities rather than the traditional athletes, celebrity chefs, actors, musicians, right? And they're on the platform too, of course, you have that represented, but you know, the number one on famous birthdays is Charlie D'Amelio. The internal search box, which is Look, I didn't have the vision to do what you just said, but I did follow the internal searches. And that's always been our North Star. What are people searching for? That's what they want to learn more about. You know, we used to only have people on the site, but I remember people were searching for bands. And I was like, no, no, it should be about people. But that's what they were searching. And then they search it for movies and web groups. 
We have pets on the site. You know, it's all based on what search in the search box. So I saw being, I saw searches in 2014 for these Vine stars. And, you know, it was, I, I, I went to VidCon at the same time and I saw all the screaming excitement for uh, these Vine stars and YouTubers. Maybe it was 2016. Um, and I saw that they weren't on Wikipedia or IMDb. So that was like, so I had those, that digital proof point of the missed searches. And then I married that with what I saw with my own eyes at VidCon, the excitement just in Anaheim for these stars. So I kind of, you know, I, that's when I saw there was a real lane to be a source versus a resource. But it all came via the missed search, not via me knowing that this was going to happen. Sure. I think those are the best stories, right? It's, you know, it's not us sitting around saying, hey, I have the perfect idea for a product or a solution. It's, you know, let the audience tell you what they want and then just, you know, follow that instinct. Yeah, that missed search box. I always tell any founder, even if you have a B2B site, a B2C, make that internal search box on your site very accessible because A, it's a good UX so that people find, but you can look at that, you can look at those insights. So if you look at our mobile website, the search box is a sticky header. It's always there because we've made it such a great experience, but also that helps us see what people want to learn more about. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's looking at that, which is, you know, and that also dictates our rankings with, with existing celebrities. But yeah, so that, that was kind of how we initially really found that there was a whole new platform that was needed on the web. And how do you identify the information about these celebrities and influencers? Are you scouring the web and creating the profiles, you know, amongst your team? Are you having people kind of submit and then you verify that information kind of along the lines of the Wikipedia model? So for the traditional stars that are already on Wikipedia and IMDb, we didn't really interact with them per se, but with the digital stars, we do. Uh, we get approval for every headshot on the platform. So we directly contact them to have them send headshots or give us approval to use their headshots. So we also get, you know, they help with the information on the profile, but then we also learn it via our research. So, and then we also, we have a pencil on every page because, you know, so users can submit edits that we review. So we get uh, a lot of submissions every day for users that want someone's profile to help us keep it updated. Very cool. And how is the site changing in response to some of the overall trends that are reshaping the way that we interact with social media? One of the things I'm thinking about in particular is the rise of all these new platforms, right? You have Discord, you have OnlyFans, you have Community, Clubhouse, right? What, what to you is the threshold for, okay, someone is a celebrity or has reached a level of influence that we should incorporate them on the platform? And how do you think about some of these new social media experiences popping up? We have 250,000 celebrities on the platform, and I think another 30,000 entertainment, which is movies, TV shows, web groups. You know, we've seen a lot, a lot of like collab houses, like, you know, like TikTok, how like groups, web groups is a category that's grown a lot. People that produce content together, it might be twins, it might be a family, or it might be a house, or it might be, you know, a group. So that's an area that we grow. So we just look at what users are looking for. Um, you know, Dub Smash grew. I remember we added people from there. Clubhouse, it's still early. I don't know. I, I think Clubhouse is where people go very, very deep. Like the host of one hour room is different than doing a 15 second TikTok video. So, um, but that's, 
slowly, um, you know, creating new stars there. Um, so it's really just based on what our users are looking for and where the engagement is. Um, you know, we don't want to, we are, you know, we, we, we don't like, again, we have 250,000 on the platform. So we go relatively slow based on, you know, where the users are interested. Uh, you know, TikTok's obviously been huge. So there's a ton of people growing a lot on TikTok that get profiled on the platform. So, you know, Does that also mean that now your audience is expanding more globally? I would suspect, obviously, you've got a heavy concentration in English-speaking markets, the U.S., North America. But what about overseas? Are you seeing, you know, some international stars uh, being included on the site? Definitely. And that's where, that's one of the key focus areas for us is to, is to internationalize the platform. So it's available in Spanish and Portuguese. We are currently, we've already hired uh, translators and editors in Japanese and French. So I think that our model of providing a great UX uh, and letting the users determine what gets on the platform and making it mobile friendly uh, will be relevant in any language. So, and we've seen, and the cool thing about it is the rankings are based natively on that language. So if you go to our Spanish platform and in the footer of our website, you can see the flag to, to the Spanish or the Portuguese platform, they have their own rankings. So what's interesting is like on the most famous TikTok stars in Portuguese, we see some, you know, the Char Melia, we see some English speaking stars, but then we see some native stars that all their content is in that language, which is cool to see that mix. So I think, you know, all these new platforms continue to grow, but it's about the creator. I think that the platforms are understanding more and more the value of the creator. You know, like Snapchat is, you know, for one example, is paying all this money to creators. Obviously, like YouTube's launching shorts, you know, Patreon raised a lot of money, which is great for creators. You know, Cameo is another monetization option. Mm -hmm. You know, Instagram. Instagram cares about creators deeply. Their their founder, another founder, head of Instagram, Adam Marcy on a podcast said like creators are a major focus. So I think that's going to happen. And um, it may be that creators have multiple touch points of where they grow with their audience. You know, we don't want to be a social network. We want to be the layer beneath that where people can learn more about and discover yeah. and, stay in, and stay in our lane. But glowing international is staying in our lane because we're still doing our core, you know, famous birthdays. We're just, you know, moving into other languages. Definitely. And I love how you touched on how much the creator economy has transformed in the last, call it five years, right? From the emergence of Patreon kind of pioneering that patronage model and then Cameo with uh, shout outs and paid monetization options for creators. They have all these resources and tools now. So it's continuing to democratize that access it's easier than ever for a creator to produce content, build an audience, and monetize that audience doing what they love, which is amazing to see. Uh, okay. How has that impacted your business or what other shifts do you, you foresee in the future of the creator economy? I, I think more creators are growing and, and making it like the better, the more, con the more resources creators have to create content, the more followers and passion and fame they're gonna grow, which is gonna be more interest for them on our platform. I think one, one cool thing about TikTok, like with their For You algorithm is that they've created so many stars also because their content's so concise. So if you watch a, if you're watch a six minute YouTube video, you might see one or two stars. Whereas on TikTok in that six minutes, you're gonna get 24. If you look at 15 seconds, mm -hmm. like you can grow. So I think that there's just a huge ocean 
of creators that are growing, that are making it a more meaningful part or making it their career in total. And I think that, look, I was surprised when I went to VidCon in 2014 with all the screaming passion that, you know, these people weren't on Wikipedia or IMDb. And it was deserved, you know, and we often see the Lincoln bio are of their famous birthdays profile, which happens organically because where their, you know, Wik, it's where their Wikipedia page on the web. So I see it growing. I see more platforms growing. I think another trend I think will be that before it was like somebody was really big on one platform, but I think that as creators grow, they're going to be big on multiple platforms more commonly, uh, which I think will be a good thing. Definitely. And obviously to your point, the monetization is great that that's there. The last thing I'll say, there's also a focus. It's all of the major, like Zuckerberg said on a clubhouse that how important a creator economy is. I think that the social platforms eight years ago, you know, didn't prioritize or recognize how important creators are going to be to the social economy. And I think that's now table stakes. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, even the newest platforms realize they have to have uh, a monetization strategy in place for creators. It's not enough to just say, hey, build a big audience and they'll come. Brands will want to you know, do sponsorship uh, deals with you. You have to have given some thoughts to, okay, we're going to either pay creators directly like TikTok and Spotlight through Snapchat are doing, or you have to have some philosophy around ad monetization, tipping, right? Like Twitch has famously rolled out um, sponsorships and, and all these other kind of models for creators to monetize. Right, yeah, because there's other places that they can publish their content. And I think that... Um... You know, and it's hard work too. I think that's another misconception. I think that having a like having a million followers when you're in the space, it might seem that it's common, but for every one person with a million, there's tens of thousands with under ten thousand. So I think that the creators have worked hard and uh, you know, to get where they are. Yeah. I remember it being big news, I don't know, three, four years ago when Facebook uh, launched monetization, everyone was saying, oh, are they going to undercut YouTube and do something more generous to creators than the 45% revenue share? And of course, you know, they land on exactly the same revenue share as, as YouTube offers, most likely because they didn't want to start a race to the bottom. But in any event, uh, maybe with more competition, we will see some downward pressure on those economics at some point with the goal of, you know, empowering the creators to, to do all the amazing things that they do. But yeah, it's definitely... Great to see more resources and more more uh, revenue streams available to talent these days. Right. Yeah, that 45% is for ads, but I think yeah, there's other ways to monetize and obviously YouTube and Facebook. I mean, there's the other, look, the other thing is those platforms are growing. Mm -hmm. So there's more, look, it's supply demand marketplace, but there's more eyeballs and more users on YouTube watching it. Uh, so that's a good thing for creators. Definitely. What's coming next? If you had to make three predictions for the future of the digital media space, what would they be? Three, that's a lot. Uh, <laughs> I know it's interesting. Like I saw a report that said like the number one job creators, I mean, not people in high school won it was to be a creator. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's gonna be a lot of different ways to to be a creator and make it a business it's not just going to be like on tiktok per se yep. it seems like there's a lot of attention and excitement around the creator economy and different ways to you know be an artist 
and uh, and create content and make that your profession. So I just I think it's going to become a profession more frequently, and it's not just going to be on TikTok. Uh, that would be one. Um, two, I think I mentioned this before. I think you're going to see more and more creators have multiple. I used to always like suggest to creators just focus on one. We even did on famous birthdays, like we only had a Twitter for like four years because I wanted to make it really good. Um, but I think that as the economy grows, you're going to see creators on multiple places. You know, you saw Linktree, Linktree, the link in bio just raised, I think, $45 million. And, you know, that's like, that's a place where creators can feature a variety of stuff. So I think that it's not going to be one platform that wins and you're going to see less, you're going to see creators since the economy is growing, going different places. So that would be two. And then three, I think that, yeah, I think that more traditional celebrities, it's almost going to be like full circle where 10 years, eight years ago, creator, like on our platform, it was exciting for creators when you looked up May 12th birthdays or, you know, you could be next to Beyonce or you can be next to Taylor Swift. I think that, you know, over time, there's going to be a switch where the traditional celebrities will be more excited to be next to the creators versus vice versa. I think that's slowly already happening. I remember JLo like got Charlie D'Amelio in her music video and I, I feel like Charlie Mo was adding a lot of value for JLo in that uh, scenario. So I think that over time, there'll be a slow, sh steady shift. Um, you know, we used to get emails. Why are you ranking these YouTube stars above singers and actors? Like, you know, and like we would get very, and there was a debate or, but we always listened to a user. So we don't get that as much anymore, although we still do. So, you know. But uh, so I think that'll slowly, uh, you know, happen, be, be like, be more common. You're right. And I, I've seen a lot of <clears throat> traditional celebrities building more of a social following, right? I mean, the canonical examples of Will Smith and Jack Black and all these others who found success on Instagram, YouTube, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has massive, you know, success across social platforms. It's almost become an expected, you know, part of your way that you engage with fans uh, now as a result, if you're an actor, if you're a musician, um, you know, other type of traditional celebrity, you have to be on social media. That's, that's where people expect to see you. And I also think that they're going to also, the next level to that is they also have to be producing content with the most relevant people in that space. So I think that's like when Will Smith calls, you know, a TikToker or a YouTuber to say, can I get in your video versus other way that that's a good sign for the creator space. Agreed. Yeah. What does the future hold for famous birthdays? You know, we're very focused. I think that's how we've gotten the 30 million users organically. We really prioritize a great UX. We don't focus a lot on monetization, you know, as much as we do on the user and growing the audience. I'm excited about internationalization. Like it's going to be a fun challenge, you know, the CR site in Japanese will be really cool. Um, so I think that we're going to like keep making the platform better. You know, we do a lot of things that like we spent a ton of time recently to make our platform 
probably like 0.01% faster, <laughs> but like I knew that would help. So, you know, we have our lane to be like the IMDb for the digital generation. And I have that commitment to just double down on that and not, you know, chase any shiny objects to the left or right. Yeah. Don't get distracted, you know, focus on what you do best. Yeah. Right. But as we've got more scale, it's been, there's been the good, there's been an argument to do other stuff, which makes, you know, which I can see we have an advantage in that space, given our scale and our, our, our scenario, but internationalization is fun because I feel like it's an opportunity to grow in a cool way, do something challenging, but it's also very close to the core of what we do. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. Very good. Now, one of my favorite questions to ask people who come on the show, and I'm particularly interested in your answer, given, you know, you strike me as the serial entrepreneur who's constantly thinking about the business and thinking about, okay, the evolution of social media and its impact on traditional media, the, the way that the web continues to evolve. So I'm curious, taking everything you've learned along your journey, if you were to start a new business in the digital media space today, what would you do? Great question. Whenever I have this idea, I tell other people because I'm like, other people can do it. Um, I don't know, I was on, I think there's still a lot of innovation around the whole Zoom thing. You know, like I think Zoom, like kind of Zoom meets Netflix. I feel like there's gonna be some Zoom rooms that where the people wanna watch those Zooms and the people hosting it would wanna share it. So I think there's gonna be some more innovation around some of the, the technology uh, for creators. Um, I think this is starting to happen. Helping creators to get on all of the other platforms would be cool. Maybe more analytics for creators would be, especially if they're going to be all across the map, having a central place for creators to get good analytics from every channel might be cool. Um, I know live streaming is hard. So like, you know, that's grown, but then it's started that that would be interesting if that can happen. Um, and then, yeah, look, audio has been obviously interesting, like with Clubhouse and that's growing elsewhere, which will be cool. And then, yeah, I think the monetization will get uh, better and better. I guess the last thing I'll say is that a lot of people get annoyed when something stays on the platform to be executed. So what I mean by that is if you want to purchase something, if you can purchase on Instagram, some people would think that's Instagram eating e-commerce, but that's going to drive more conversions and more sales for the simplicity of it. Um, so I think that the social platforms are going to build in more functionality so that the users don't have to leave. But I think that's going to get a lot of, I can see that getting like getting some negativity, but I think long-term that's a good thing. It's kind of like I used to tell creators, be careful to launch your own dot-com merch store. Just do it on Amazon. Give up some of the rev share and some of the insights, but you can check out on Amazon in one click. They, that's what they do. So I think that you know, I think more and more you're going to see more stuff baked in to the main platforms to help creators, which might, and I think getting a part of that is a good thing. So if you're an e-commerce store with an option, do I give my info to Instagram and sell my merch there? 
or do I try to get people to my own store? I think you'll be better served to just ride the wave. So I think, I think that's going to happen more and more where the platforms become an ecosystem and that's going to long-term drive more sales and usage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you touched on a lot of big themes there, right? I mean, you've got, uh, if, if the West, if the East is a leading indicator for what's might potentially happening here in the West, uh, social commerce, live video commerce is exploding. A lot of people are used to transacting through social networks or through communication apps like, you know, WeChat drives a, a huge volume of uh, shopping activity and online transactions. And I do think we, we can expect to see the same for Amazon as it more aggressively rolls out its advertising business, as it courts creators to drive product sales. Um, same is true for Instagram, right? Instagram and Facebook shopping is certainly a growth initiative for them. Even YouTube, right? With Merch Shelf for a long time, now they've uh, announced digital products can be supported just this year. Um, there's, there's a lot of potential there. I guess where I kind of push back a little bit is there's always concerns as a creator that you don't want to give away your audience to someone else, right? So you're building your audience on Instagram, you're building your audience on YouTube. At the end of the day, they own the subscriber, they own the follower. It certainly is much harder to build your business organically without those platforms. But I think, yeah, leverage them as, as reach and distribution. But then if you can find a way to build your own audience or you know, own that, that relationship with your customer, you know, then you can find more and more ways to build that relationship and monetize it over time. And it sounds great in hindsight, but is it better to have 1 million followers on YouTube and 50 people that you can directly contact? And I think sort of that, so that's where I'll push back. And also I think the way to do that is to go on multiple platforms too. So that's a hedge in itself. And as we've talked about, the platforms are prioritizing creators more. So, you know, I, I always get that in a perfect world, it's better to get people to buy your stuff on your site directly. But I think riding the wave and focusing on what you do great is the best way to, you know, really see how well you can grow. Totally, right? I mean, for a lot of, if you were a e-commerce brand, you wouldn't want to not be on Amazon. You wouldn't want your products to not be in Target or Walmart just because the distribution, the reach is incredible, right? Even if it means, okay, you know, we're going to take a hit on margin, you, you want to be in those places. The same is true for Instagram and, you know, TikTok and everything else. You want that kind of digital shelf space to an extent. I think what's interesting is looking at how it's changing for like news publishing and journalism. So you look at the rise of like Substack, Review, which Twitter acquired, Memberful, all these platforms that make it possible for people to, as an independent thinker and journalist, build a newsletter database and then monetize that through subscriptions. And there's been a movement in that world to say, no, the, the, the author should own the subscriber relationship, right? Not Substack, not, you know, memberful, whatever. Right. No, I think that's, yeah, Substack has been, you know, and like patrons, like, you know, been like doing that for video. I, I, I think, I also think that a real key for the creator economy is how much the platforms are saying and making actions based on prioritizing creators. And I think that's huge. Because if you have six major platforms prioritizing creators, that gives creators a lot of leverage, you know, to to make sure that they're going to be, uh, you know, catered to and they have other places to go and there's going to be tools built for them. So, um, I don't yeah, I just think platforms offer a wave of technology, innovation and scale. And I think that's, you know, that's how I just think that's usually um, a good place to continue if you're scaling on there. Definitely, 100% for sure. Well, Evan, where can people find out more about you and more about Famous Birthdays? 
Um, well, let me ask you a question. Can I ask yeah, you this? No, please. Question? Go let ahead. Me ask your, give me your two or three predictions. Then I'll say where you can find me. Okay. So give me your two or three predictions that I haven't touched on. Sure. It's harder. Uh, I, I went over a lot. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. So, um, uh, gosh, I think, you know, the audio is continuing to grow. So I'm a big fan. I mean, I've been podcasting for six plus years. We've got this trend towards smart assistants, smart speakers. Um, obviously, audio is the, the latest content format everyone's going nuts for in the social ecosystem. Um, it's going to be a knockout, dragout fight to see who wins. Clubhouse has got an uphill battle ahead of it, given the competition. But it's, all, it's really more about like finding what's the most engaging user experience. I think whoever nails discovery in the way that TikTok has, where it's like, okay, if I can go into an audio platform, whether it's Clubhouse, whether it's Twitter Spaces, um, whether it's you know, one of the, the three uh, competitors that Facebook is launching, then do they immediately surface a conversation with either people I know or people I'm interested in following? If that's you know, a business icon like an Elon Musk or Mark Cuban is that, um, you know, some sort of influencer that I follow that I'm excited to, you know, learn from. I need to be in a room within 10 seconds that I'm excited about. I'm listening to there's, you know, can't miss content. So I'm very excited about audio and, and what's going to play out in that space. Um, in the creator economy more broadly, I think there's, you know, this massive uh, movement towards fintech. Creator fintech is really interesting. A lot of companies have raised around that recently, Carrot, Stir, uh, you know, you've got Juice that just launched and they're doing the fund with Mr. Beast. All these other influencers are launching funds to invest in the next generation of, of creators uh, and creator businesses, which is awesome. Um, and, you know, what's a third prediction? Uh, I guess at, at Paladin and Measure Studio, what we're most excited about is this move away from uh, just, you know, delivering insights to someone. Okay, here's your analytics repackaged and here you go more towards prescriptive recommendations. So some of the things we're thinking a lot about is uh, benchmarking, right? Locally to start against your own content, but eventually globally, hey, how am I doing for sports content that reaches males 18 to 34 in the US, right? Where do I rank in the percentile? What can I be doing to improve it, both within the content itself and harnessing you know, machine learning, computer vision to say, hey, these types of posts really resonate with your audience and this stuff can be improved. So from a tech standpoint, leveraging some of these new technologies um, is a really exciting way to help these creators produce better and better content and lean into the awesome audiences that they're building. That makes sense. Cool. No, that was awesome. So, um, oh yeah. So, so where can they find me? So we, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn and then I'm on Twitter, Evan underscore Britain on Twitter. And then, yeah, obviously our platform famous birthdays, uh, you know, is, is great or everything. It's a great experience where you can, you know, learn more and our rankings are published there. So, um, so that's where people can find the platform. Awesome. Very good. Well, I definitely encourage people to uh, stop by and check out the site. And then of course, connect with you on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. And uh, Evan, thanks again for taking the time. I'm so excited to get a chance to chat with anyone who's, you know, been early in the web space and early in the creator economy. It's so fun to get to talk about where it's going and, and you know where it's been. So thanks again. I appreciate you having me. I really enjoyed the talk. Thanks for tuning in. I'm James Creech, and this has been another edition of All Things Video. If you like what you hear, we hope you'll share and subscribe for new episodes. See you next time.